0: Hey, Chloe, who are you? You know what? Let's talk about it.
1: Welcome back to Fact
0: of Life with Chloe Noller and Maddie Grace Watson. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And welcome back to Fact of Life today. We're so glad that you've decided to join us. Today, we're jumping into an interesting topic. Actually, for the next three weeks, we're going to be attempting to answer some of the toughest questions that we face as humans. We're going to start off with this week. Who are you? What is your identity? Where can you find that? And when you don't find it in the right place, what happens? And even when you find it in the right place, what good can come from that? So Maddie Grace, what's that looking like?
1: Yeah, so today we're gonna follow along that journey of kind of discovering the answer to that question and looking at some different ways people find the answer to that question. And maybe um, if there is one right way, we'll we'll dive into that. But most importantly, we'll really look at how people find those answers and what they come up with, and how some of those, most of them, are wrong because everyone seeks to find that answer and. Mm-hmm. It can be so easy and so tempting to find that answer in the wrong things sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So we're posing the question today. Who are you? If you were going to think about who you are as a person, what defines you? Where Where is that coming from? It's like that common interview question where the interviewer will ask you, what are five words to describe yourself? Right, yeah. <laughs> and everyone hates it, but <laughs> it still like, comes up with something nonetheless. But yeah. And I also want to point out At the
0: second segment of this podcast, we are going to dive into who we are truly um, and, and as people created in the image of God with value and worth, where we can find, where we can and should find our identity. And so just so you know that's coming. But, you know, when you are looking to answer that, growing up, figuring out who you are as a person, like what your abilities, your talents, your, you know, the things going on. I think a lot of times that's where we try and find our identity is in the things that we do or that we're good at or, you know, the things that we tend to have a lot of talent in. That's something that we, you know, try to find our satisfaction
1: in. Exactly. You know, when we're trying to answer that question and figure out who we are, you know, it all comes from where we're placing our identity. Like, Like Chloe's saying, And ultimately, like, that identity is going to be placed somewhere. And Mm -hmm. you're like... Just like us as human beings, it is so easy to place our identity in maybe what will give us the most pleasure. Whether that's pleasure in rewards if we're if we're really good at something mm-hmm. and we get a lot of praise for that. Maybe we're placing our identity in that, or if it's like a career mm-hmm. and we're really successful in that, and that success in that career is where we place our identity. <laughs> that being a being a Hillsdale College student. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it can be easy to get caught up in. whatever you're doing, whether that is education or a career or a sport or any of those things. Um, But ultimately, you're answering the question with who you are by where you're placing your identity, which is a lot easier said than done, I feel like, in trying to figure that out. Right.
0: I think that's something that so many people wrestle with, um, especially in our culture, because our culture does not give a defined answer um, at all. And I don't, they would encourage you to seek who you are, but they wouldn't they don't tell you where to
1: where to look for that. Like all all the stuff about like my truth mm-hmm. and like things like that yeah. where if everything is subjective, if there's no objective truth, then there's nothing concrete to root your identity in. Right. So if you don't have
0: anything outside of yourself, something that's informing you know who you are as a person, you're kind of stuck, you're kind of lost, you know, at that point. Where do you go from there, you know? So when we're looking at this question, you know, looking at the culture that we're in, looking at um, the effects that relativism has, are the you know, like Maddie Grace just said, that your truth, um, you know, you do you, whatever makes you happy, you know, that's going to have you place your identity in something far different than what you should.
1: Yeah, exactly. And people, it's very much to our culture with pushing, like like we've said so far, you know, your truth, you do you, things like that, you're encouraged to create your own truth, so to speak. I mean, you're not actually creating truth, because that's, you're, it's, it's all, you're creating your own, like, subjective truth, and that's whenever you start rooting it in things, like Chloe said, like, things that aren't outside of you, you know, you don't have that objective outside perspective, and so sometimes when people are are searching for that identity and we're all we're all guilty of this at times like this is by no means a like specific thing this is a very much a human-wide thing you know but whenever you're trying to place your identity you if you don't have like objective truth placed in, sometimes you know people are placing in subjective truth and so then it's like what like what are you left with you know you're filling that space with anything you can create and Whenever you're placing your identity in something so fluid, you know, you're going to be questioning that identity a lot Mm -hmm. because there's nothing to look back on and say, that's what my identity is because it's based in something so fluid. It's like if you build a building on a shaky foundation. Is that like a Bible parable or something? Hmm. Building your house on a rock versus sand? I'm singing the song in my head now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, you think about it, you know, say you build your identity in your career or um yeah, your career. Like it, it it would totally depend how you view yourself. It would totally depend on your success in that job, um, you know, how your boss views you, the promotions you get. So if you're not getting those, then you'll have a very low view of yourself, which will probably lead you to try and find your identity in something else. I, I would also say like even, you know, in relationships, um, if you don't have a firm foundation of who you are as a person, you're gonna try and find that in someone else. And that is going to put way too much pressure on that other person to fill your identity. You want the person to tell you who you are. But that's not their job, especially because everyone is, everyone has to answer this question for themselves. You know, you can't put that on someone, you know, in a relationship to, like, help them inform, you know, inform you who you are. Uh, not that they can't, you know, affirm you in that and affirm frame you in the truth but when you don't have truth then you're relying upon them to kind of answer that question for you so you just there's so many situations where you know you can just see that when you place your identity on something subjective like a career or family or education or fame or talent or lack thereof you know like then you're gonna you're gonna continue to be searching because nothing is going to actually satisfy you know I I remember an interview um that Tom Brady had. You know, this guy, literally one of the greatest football players of all time. You know, I don't personally like the guy very much, but, you know, I can't deny that he has been one of the greatest football players to ever, you know, walk the football field. But he had it all. He had a model wife, millions and millions of dollars, great kids, um, great friends on a football team. Like, he had everything. A big house, the fame, he had it all. And the, he, he said in an interview, like, I don't feel like I've made, like, there's something missing, and I don't know what it is. And I just think that shows you that there's just this inherent need for us to find something. Um, to. Pl- I mean, we, we do. We need to find something that tells us, that affirms us who we are, you know? And, and when you have it all, like Tom Brady did, and you still say that you don't have it, you know, I. It also reminds me of Solomon in the Bible too. Solomon had it all, and he said it's worth nothing.
1: It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes me back to um, high school. I it, whenever Chloe was talking about this, like it immediately brought this up to me. But I can remember um, my. So I can remember my senior year of high school. It was like May. So not even not even a whole year ago, but. It was my soccer team made it to the Soccer State Championship. And, like, it was a good game. It was a tight game. Like, it was intense. And at the end of it, we ended up winning. But I can just remember, like, the immediate relief from, like, the end of the game being over. But when it came down to it, I just remember looking at my best friend and we're like, this is great. Like, we are so grateful to be here. We loved this experience. But it did not bring the fulfillment we thought it would. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I just realized, like, how easy it is and I think I mean this is even something like relating I've any I feel like any I, this is something relating to like high schoolers like it, it's all ages but I can just remember being like wow I like I'm happy but it mm-hmm. this is it you know and realizing that that really wasn't what made the team special that the amount of state championships I won or the amount of – however successful my soccer team was, that wasn't really what mattered. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that before. And so – but still, like, standing there that day, it just kind of hit, like, this This isn't fulfilling. And yeah. I feel like that's a feeling that a lot of people end up getting hit with and are kind of shocked by sometimes because you expect it to be, mm-hmm. like, man, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I am so fulfilled like once the adrenaline, the, once the adrenaline wears off, it's like what, what's left? Yeah, there is nothing left.
0: Um, you know, because then, like we all will, we all die. We all, we we'll all leave the earth. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, what does that amount to? I mean, Tom Brady might be talked about for a couple more years after he's gone, but that's not what you know. That's not, that's not lasting. That's not.
1: You know, eternal. And I think that's something we search for. Exactly. And I think when it comes down to it, like all these different things you can place your identity in. What happens when you lose that dream job, or you, or your significant other breaks up with you in that relationship where you're placing that identity, or you, or you somehow, like you lose a sports game, or like all of these things? What happens? Whether it's careers, relationships, your reputation, sports, family, education, any of that. What happens when you lose that? But that's where your identity is. Then it's like all of a sudden you, like your identity is in something that you're not anymore. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have that big questioning who you are. Because it wasn't just something you did. It wasn't something that added, like it was an extra thing for you it mm-hmm. it was you yeah but that's outside of your control and so if something outside of your control takes that away from you I think so many people are left with like what do I do like who mm-hmm. they you you get that question again who am I you come yeah. back to it because where you placed because where you found your answer ended up failing you and so you have to ask it again and I think that has happened so many times yeah and so kind of to get
0: us into this this episode Maddie Grace and I were talking a lot about like why people end up becoming transgender, and we were just kind of wondering like how does how do you get there, you know? And we kind of just decided to look at the root of the problem, and it it kind of just comes back to identity. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of different reasons, and everyone is everyone is different, but a lot of it has to do with this identity aspect, like who do you, who are you, and where do you find your the answer to that question and so when you are dissatisfied with with who you are you might want to change the most fundamental thing about you because if your identity was placed in something that you felt was just so you to the bone and then you lost that you lost that job you lost that you know college you lost that relationship you you tend to want to be who you aren't because you weren't satisfied with who you are.
1: Exactly. And when you're placing it in those things, things that you ne- you don't necessarily control and it's taken away from you, you're going to want to place it in something that society tells you you can control. Right. So you know that it won't be taken away from you. It's that security and that fear. You try to change those fundamental things about you. And I think on like a smaller scale, these are kind of like sillier examples but on a smaller scale there's that classic like stereotype of when a girl goes through a breakup she changes her hair yeah like that's like a smaller scale but I just immediately thought of that like it's very stereotypical but anytime something you think is like such a big part of you is taken away from you your first instinct is to change something about yourself and so you can like know who you are because who you thought you were isn't you anymore
0: yeah yeah or you know you just you don't want the memory of of what that was so you change something about yourself so it's like it separates the
1: time yeah exactly yeah it's it's crazy but i think going back to a lot of this too is very heavily society societally influenced Mm -hmm. you know if society tells us like they'll celebrate us And they will be like, they'll celebrate us and encourage us to change these fundamental things about ourselves or to try to, to write things like that. Yeah. I think it's,
0: it's gone past the, you know, it's, it's gone past just allowing people to do whatever they want to do. Like if you want to become a woman and you're a man, do it. But like now it's celebrated like for even for children. I mean, the things that they teach them in public schools these days, it's, but it's just terrible because. They're saying if you don't like who you are, then there must be something wrong with you, and we're gonna celebrate you if you decide to change that. You know, mm-hmm. like if you, if this little, if this little boy feels like he's a little girl, we're gonna celebrate that. We're gonna push for it. We're gonna mm-hmm. let him change the very most basic thing about him um, because he believes he can. I mean, in the state of Washington, a 13-year-old can go without parental consent and and start gender um, reassignment surgeries and like or affirmation things it's absolutely
1: horrible that's insane like it's gone it's like chloe said it's gone even beyond one not it's like it's gone from like not educating kids about the things that are happening to okay we're just gonna educate them about what's happening so they know and now it's we're going to encourage them to change these things about themselves and like when you look at the amount of things that children aren't allowed to do like yeah. Children, like, aren't allowed to vote until they're 18, aren't allowed to drive until, depending on your state, 14, 15, 16, even at 14 and 15 a lot of times, are allowed parent or, like, buying, like, I- any of these things, like, like lottery tickets at 18, alcohol at 21, uh, serving, like, like, serving the military, like, all all of these things, like, so many things our country has said, no, wait till you're 18 or 21 to do these things, like, regardless of whether we think any of these things are right or wrong, wait until you're 18 or 21. And then they're like encouraging these children to change one of the most fundamental things about them because apparently whenever you're 12, you're not old enough to know how to vote or drive a car or join the military, but you can definitely change the most fundamental thing about you. Yeah, like You're definitely in the right mindset. Your definitely fully developed brain is totally good yes, with that. Yes, absolutely. That was sarcastic, by the way. Your brain's not developed by 12, in it's case you didn't know. It's not developed
0: until you're 25. 90 Grace, our brains are not fully developed yet. Oh, I don't know if you guys should be listening to us anymore. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Please, please listen. (laughs) We try and have good things to say. We Um, (laughs) so yeah, I, I think that it's just like, it's this switch, you know, it's, it's not even just like allowing it to happen. It's, it's pushing for it. It's encouraging it because like I said, like this society even asks this of you, you know, like you said in an interview question, they go like, who are you? Like, what are the, you know, five things to describe yourself? And you know you can describe yourself but where does that come from and who who are you and so this is just this inherent need for everyone to answer this question and we always try to answer it with the things that are most immediate to us because that's what brings us the most pleasure and satisfaction in the moment and it makes sense you know Mm -hmm. but it doesn't work out you know and Mm -hmm. i think we've seen that so many times it doesn't work out so where do we go from there
1: Exactly. And I think more oftentimes than not, when you're placing your identity in this, like in these subjective truths, it doesn't work out because like we've said, like there's nothing solid to ground them in. Mm -hmm. You're just grounding them in fluid things that can be taken away from you at any moment. And so we just we see so many people like the depression rates in high schoolers, the like people are just getting increasingly more like you're not going to be happy if you don't understand who you are because it's a thing everyone faces with one another at the same time, and so you know we've keep we've we've been saying over and over again subjective truth subjective truth which if you've listened to our podcast before you probably know we we think is ridiculous <laughs> but that begs the question what happens when I place my identity in objective truth mm-hmm. and. That's that's a great question because when you're placing your identity in objective truth there's nothing fluid there's nothing fluid for, to take it away mm-hmm. and um we'll uh, on segment 2 we will definitely kind of dive into what it looks like to place your identity in objective truth and how that affects your life and kind of what that journey looks like like is it is it going to be taken away from you is it going to be something you question like subjective truth or since it isn't fluid since it is concrete what does that look like in your life are you going to keep coming back to that question or not and we'll kind of talk about how we've come to that conclusion on that answer ourselves um and because in case you haven't realized that's kind of that's 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 our answer (laughs) to the question but Um, we'll we'll dive into that our answer to that question this This kind of reminds me, as we
0: close out, just a quick story Um, and leading into leading us into our second segment. um, Back in the early 1900s, the progressive movement um, began like in education to place an emphasis on America, like allegiance to America. They, you know. They created the uh, Pledge of Allegiance then. They created that for the for the schools to be, like, pledging their allegiance to America. Under God, yes, but America. No longer those absolute truths, those absolute values of of truth that, you know, that <laughs> we've said that we, you know, you guys know that that's where we, we're, we're getting our stuff from. But um, they they switched this kind of thing to a subjective thing that they can change, they can move. Um they, they switched their allegiance from objective truth to a subjective American ideal that they could change. And so they they grew this next generation of kids up on this idea. And that's where you get our society today. And that, that change. And so I think this is just kind of like that example of when you place uh, your identity in something, it when, like when the nation itself places its identity in something that can be fluid and changed, you get the society that we're in today. And that's really, that's bad. That's, that's not a good thing. So we're gonna talk about in the next segment coming up, the real answer to this question and how we can know as individuals what our identity is
1: and who we are as people that will leave us satisfied. Thank you so much for listening to Fact of Life on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Maddie Grace Watson, and I'm here with Chloe Noller, and we will catch you after the break.
0: Welcome back to Fact of Life with Chloe Noller and Maddie Grace Watson. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. the second segment of the Fact of Life podcast. We're glad you're back with us. You know, it was kind of a hopeless ending we gave you last um, segment, but we're getting into the second half of our answering the question, who are you? Where do you find your identity? Um, Guys, we have hope um, that instead of subjective, we can place our hope, our identity, our satisfaction in an objective truth that is God. The god of the bible who created us who formed us and who gives us our identity inherently um and when we can actually choose to place our identity in that we will be satisfied that's the answer right there i think we're
1: done now we can walk away <laughs> all right thank you for listening to our second segment um <laughs> see ya <laughs> no but i think our point there is it really
0: is that simple but that also is not simple and we're going to kind of break down what that means and why that doesn't happen you know when you when you feel like you actually have this answer where you truly can place your identity in something that is your identity it literally is your identity as a child of God um you know why don't more people place their identity in that so we're gonna look at that
1: you know it it is a great question because I think a lot of people it's one of those things that I think is easier said than done but like chloe said when you really come down to it it is something easy it's like it's a really Mm -hmm. weird sort of paradox almost where it's an easy answer but it's not always an easy way to get there well yeah it's like the gospel i mean
0: the gospel is that we're sinners we need a savior jesus christ died gave his life to take the place for us in our punishment of sin and we have to have faith and confess our sins and turn back to Jesus and accept Him as our Savior. That is the gospel, and that's so simple, and yet it's so difficult. Um, and it takes a lot for someone to get there. But truly, all you have to do is place your faith, you know, and, and there's a lot that comes after that for sure, but that is the gospel.
1: It's an easy thing to say and an easy thing to, to acknowledge, but mm-hmm. it's it's a hard thing to root yourself in. Yeah. yeah. In, in both of those things and i think a lot of times you know chloe and i were both blessed to grow up with loving very um, like parents who were very strong in their faith who so really instilled that in us and we realized that not everyone is necessarily necessarily grew up in that environment but you, i think with us growing in that uh, growing up in that environment it's still it's all it, it can be disheartening sometimes to see other people that have grown up in the faith so to speak also struggling with this question and I think that's an important thing to note too you know we did grow up like that but you see people all of the time like like everyone struggles with this question everyone struggles to place their identity in in their place their identity in being a child of God Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's a hard thing it's definitely not it's definitely not something that's like, oh yes, I'm so great at this, right? I know, like <laughs> it's so easy for me, and you know, we'll, we'll get into that. I I
0: want to take us back to the basis, like what does the Bible say about us? Who are we as people, and like why why are why can we place our identity in Christ? Um, so Genesis one, uh, one twenty seven. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. I, I just, that's so beautiful. That is, that is the truth right there, that God made us in his image. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a Mago day made in the image of God? That means that we have the ability to love, to communicate, to reason. God has created us with inherent worth and that, that is what it means to be created in the image of God because we have this worth, we have rights, we have, you know, freedoms and God created us free and it's just it's just beautiful. Everything, when you understand that we're made in the image of God, that life is valuable and worth something, that even starts to change your mindset a little bit. Um, I You know, I think that's something, that's something why abortion is so rampant is because people don't understand that life has inherent worth because we are we are God's people. God created us in his image and because of that we're therefore his. And doing something against another individual is harming
1: God's, you know, God's precious children. Because when you don't understand when you don't realize the inherent value and worth that you have as a human being, mm-hmm. as a chi- as a child of God, you're not going to realize the inherent value and worth that a baby in the womb that you've never met before yeah, has. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, we all have this inherent value and worth, and it's, it's just finding it. Because even even if we don't realize, if we're not realizing who we are, we're not placing our identity in this. It's important note to note, like we still ha- we're, we're still made in the image of God. Like mm-hmm. we still have all of that. Um, it reminds me. Of, it reminds me of a movie I saw a few years ago. It was by the Kendrick Brothers. Um, it was by is Overcomer, and there's a scene in it that really it just really reminded me of this. Basically, just a quick little backstory. Basically, this coach has asked one of his students, um, like who who is Hannah Scott, and she doesn't know. And so she goes, and one of her other like her principal, I think it is, had her read Ephesians one. And so she reads Ephesians 1, and it's just like a light bulb moment for her. And she writes down all of these things to answer the question, who am I? And she comes back to her coach, and she's like, coach, like, ask me who I am. And so he asked her who she is, and her answer is beautiful. She says, I am created by God. He designed me, so I'm not a mistake. His son died for me just so I could be forgiven. He picked me up to be his own, so I'm chosen. He redeemed me, so I'm wanted. He showed me grace just so I could be saved. He has a future for me because he loves me. So I don't wonder anymore, Coach Harrison. I am a child of God. I just wanted you to know. And that was kind of her answer to the question. And in the movie, it was portrayed beautifully, um, kind of her journey to that question. I just want to read a couple of those verses. You know, Ephesians 1 tells us that
0: even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world— Um, In love, he predestined us for adoption according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which, which he has blessed us in the beloved. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. We've obtained an inheritance. We are the first to hope. It's just so beautiful. There's so much truth. I would encourage you to read Ephesians 1. The other thing I would encourage you to read is Psalm 139. Oh my goodness, this Psalm is incredible. When I was in anatomy and physiology my junior year of high school, we were asked to memorize Psalm 139 because that truly laid out the creation of God and why we have inherent worth. And so as we studied the, the human body, we looked at what God had designed. And there's just There's so much, and I encourage you to read all of 139. If I could just say it all, I would totally do that. But um, a couple of my, my favorite lines. In Psalm 139, 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, as yet there were none of them. We are fearfully and wonderfully made individuals, chosen by God, woven together intricately. Before we were even born, Christ knew us, God knew us, chose us, loved us, as his own children, we are his children, and so th- this is our value. This is who we know we are as people, because this is what God says about us. Um, this is something that we that's inherent to every single person. But the thing is, you have to accept it, you know. And I I was thinking about this earlier as we were talking about it kind of yesterday. What we're gonna um, talk about today. One of the things that I realized is like if you don't place your identity in something. Like, if you, don't, if you don't consciously choose to place your identity in something, it will be placed for you. You mm-hmm. can't just, you can't be neutral. You can't just say, oh, well, I mean, I don't really know about the whole Jesus thing, but I'm just going to, like, live my life and, like, I'm not going to put too much emphasis on, like, my relationships or my career. You can't do that. If you aren't finding this your sense of who you are in the truth of who you are, as as a child of god, as someone with inherent worth and value, um then you're going to be finding it somewhere else because you can't live your life without answering that question.
1: It's impossible to be identity identityless. Like like Chloe said, like you're going to find that somewhere. And I think like the important thing, you know, looking like we said, this is going to be a three-part series f- talking about these three questions that every person ends up asking themselves. And the reason we kind of tackled who am I first is because the other everything else really roots on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's those two questions or anything else you come up with within life, it all roots back to where you find your identity, like who you say you are. And so going back to our first segment where we talked about all these ways that we're so tempted to place our identity or most people even do place their identity. You know, we said like, when those things are taken away from you what happens whenever you've built every every single every single thing you understand the world and you understand reality as on top of that and you suddenly lose it or you suddenly realize that it's mm-hmm. not what you thought it was you know everything comes crumbling down you're, you're in a state of distress but when you place your identity in objective truth in being a child of God and this this thing that is inherent about you and inherently makes you valuable and, and beautiful and you that's where you place your worth it's not going to be taken away from you you, you know and you mm-hmm. you build everything else on top of that and it's all of a sudden going back to that class like you build your house upon a rock mm-hmm. kind of thing it's yeah. it's it's there to stay and you have something solid to build your foundation on. And so literally everything in your life these next two questions for the next two episodes or or whatever you come up with like it's built on something solid. It's built on something. Mm-hmm. You know like you can choose to try to walk away from that rock, but like that rock is always going to be there, right? Yeah, you can't you
0: can't run from Jesus. <laughs> literally um in Psalm 139 again verse 7 it says where shall i go from your spirit where should i flee from your presence if i make if i ascend to heaven you are there if i make my bed in the depths you are there i just love this line if i rise on the wings of the dawn and settle on the far side of the sea even there your hand will guide me your right hand will hold me fast if i say surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me even then the darkness will not be dark to you for the night shines like the day for darkness is not dark to you. I just, no matter what we do, where we try to run, where we try to go from this, it is the truth. And we can't, um, you know, we can't get rid of it. We can run away from it. But when we are a child of God, um, you know, and I, I think there's an important distinction to make. I mean, inherently, every single person is created in the image of God, mm-hmm. but you have to choose to become a child
1: of God that's a very you know you common have a misconception mm-hmm.
0: I think that's important to know like we all definitely I mean, we all are loved by Jesus and he mm-hmm. desires that all would come to him as a father but we have to choose to place our faith in Jesus Christ we have to choose to accept the message of the gospel um and, and and come to Jesus for us to find that satisfaction because mm-hmm. if we don't trust Jesus that is our savior if we don't trust that he has made the ultimate sacrifice for our sins on the cross we are not going to you know find be able to find our identity in that because it doesn't apply to us
1: yeah exactly everyone all of us every single human being ever in existence is made in the image of God mm-hmm. that that is very clear but um the Bible does point out, like, to become a child of God, you're like becoming you're becoming a follower of him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, talking about this, it's made me think, I don't know, Chloe, I don't know if you've ever heard this before. You probably have. But the classic, like, footsteps on the beach poem. Yeah. I, it brought me back. I remember, I think the first time I heard this was in sixth grade, actually, which I feel like I probably would have heard it before then. But my first conscious memory of it was sixth grade. I'm sure I heard it before then. Um my one of my teachers his name is Mr. Kell. He had it up in his classroom. And just for those of you who haven't heard the poem before, um I won't recite it to you or anything, but basically summary it's this person's walking on the beach or they had I think they had like a dream and they were they were walking on the beach and they were like going through a tough time in their life. They were going through their, li- their life and then um Jesus was walking beside them and all of a sudden they saw the two footprints um, changed to one pair of footprints, and they were like, Jesus, like, why did you, like, why did you abandon me in my time of hardship, and, because they just saw the, the one pair of footprints, and he's like, no, like, that, that's the time when I carried you, so it's kind of like that, oh, like, haha, like, like, it, like, not, like, cringy, but, like, slightly, like, oh, cliche kind of thing, but the, the principle of it is, it it is kind of beautiful, because you see, like, oh, like, I feel abandoned in this time, but no, it's, like, He was always there, Mm -hmm. even when you felt like, oh, everything's falling apart. Like, I can't do this anymore. But, like, like God's always there. It Mm -hmm. just comes back to that objective, unchanging. Your identity is always going to be in him, and he's always going to be there for you.
0: Yeah, he's always going to be there for you, but you have to choose to place your identity in him. Um, And I think the reason why, and it's this is, I fall into this too so much and I have to be so careful. I really value relationships and it's very easy for me to place my identity within them. Um, you know, not that I forget that I'm a child of God, but, but almost that you do because you, I mean, I know for my sp- myself specifically, it's the most tangible thing in front of me. It's something that I really enjoy that I find that people, like when people love and value and respect me back, I, like, I love that. And so when I have really good relationships, it can be really easier for me to lose sight of where my true identity comes from. Um, that it's not based in this relationship that I have or this friendship that I have, but rather I have a true relationship that will never um, be never be broken, and that is, that is in Jesus Christ. And so, but that's the most tangible thing in front of us because when we it's it's hard to place your identity in Christ because it isn't something tangible. It is very real, but it's not a tangible, like, I'm talking to Maddie Grace here in the studio kind of a thing, you know? We mm-hmm. can open our Bible, we can be in communion with the Spirit, and we can be talking to God. And, I mean, that that's absolutely, like, He's He's there with us. It's very real. But we as human beings like to do whatever's the easiest in the moment, not necessarily the long run. And it can be really difficult when you feel alone like I have before, like to just say to yourself, It's okay that I'm alone right now because I know that I have Christ. Like that's true, but it's hard when you're in the moment of not having someone because you you are physically alone. But actually, physically, you're not alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it it feels like you are, and so it takes trust, it takes faith to know that God is with us no matter what. I mean, I just I've been watching The Chosen recently. Um, such a fantastic series. I would highly, um, highly recommend it. It's a phenomenal series of the life of Christ and His disciples, and so th- they really have built this um, complex story around Peter, the disciple, and Peter has these. Um, struggles that he's going through, and they have this scene where Peter, you know, asks Jesus to walk on the water, and he said, if, you know, if you have faith, like, come, like, come to me, and you won't sink, and Peter does, he steps out, and it's this super powerful moment, and then he begins to notice the waves around him, and he starts to sink, because he does, he loses, he loses sight of jesus he takes his gaze off of jesus who is there he is the rock he is the one that isn't changing isn't sinking isn't going to move because he's god and yet peter sees that he sees jesus in front of him and yet he chooses to take his gaze off of that and because he does he starts to sink and then jesus reaches his hand down and pulls him up and says oh you of little faith why did you doubt so we are so susceptible to doubt. We we doubt that this is real because it's so easy for us to get caught up in the things around us, in our careers, in our education, in our relationships. But that's not—those things won't last. They will all fade away, but Jesus will remain. They will all pass away, but the only true thing is God and, and the fact that he has died on the cross um, to make— a justification, um, for our sins. And so that's the truth. And we have to keep our eyes on that. And if we don't, we can start to sink, but Jesus is there to lift us out.
1: Always. We said at the beginning of the segment, um, it, it's, it's an easy thing, but it's also not an easy thing at all. And I think mm-hmm. it really does come down to this where it's like, very, very hard to acknowledge it. Sometimes when when you have these tangible things right in front of you, you have these yeah. tangible things that will bring you immediate pleasure, mm-hmm. and it's it's a hard thing to place your identity in something you can't necessarily hold in your hands in that moment, or right. or sit here and have a conversation like that. So ultimately, we answered this question first today because you know the following two questions that we're gonna tackle and everything else really does base off of this, and. Hopefully, you know, coming through this, it's it can, we're we're able to identify the the tangible, subjective things we're placing our identity in, and be able to face those towards maybe a little bit of a harder path, but a much more real one and a much a much better, more true one through that objective truth mm-hmm. through our identity in Christ.
0: Yeah, and I I wanted to say too, like if you have questions about this, if this is something that, you know, we've we start talking about that you're you're saying, hey, how do I how do I truly find my identity in Christ? What is the gospel? What does that mean to to accept the like accept that Jesus um, is our savior? What does that mean and what does that look like? We'd love to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So please reach out to us at factoflifepodcast at gmail.com or you know DM us on
1: Instagram. Um, we would really love to talk to you about that. If you have any questions, please reach out. Absolutely. Because we realize that maybe not everyone we're listening to are believers like we are. And mm-hmm. so we would love to explain further. We don't want we don't want people just to disregard what we're saying just because they don't believe with us. But we, we would love to explain that. So like Chloe said, we reach out talking. to us um, on, on Instagram too, at Fact of Life Podcast. Remember, you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts or on the um, Radio Free Hillsdale Um, Transistor page or of course locally on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Um, Hopefully we'll see you next week for segment two of this identity series. Alright guys, thank you so much. As always, my name is Chloe Nolan. And I'm Maddie Grace Watson. And And we we approve of this message. message.